and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Vampire Movie Minute Podcast, a podcast dedicated to any and all vampire movies that are not being covered by someone else. <laughs> and tonight, we are still covering what we do in the shadows with minutes 5 to 10. And I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Scott Danielson. And we start our five minutes right where we left it off last time with the trio of our main characters at the dinner table discussing... Who's going to clean up the blood <laughs> the sink? <laughs> and, like, pay bills and stuff like that. Because it looks like Taika Waititi had a bunch of bills in front of him. And they all look disgusted. Like, why should we have to, like, you know, wash the dishes? And it's like, well, you make a mess. You should clean it up. This is, like, basic roommate shit. Clean up after your fucking self. Yeah, I... If you're listening like to this podcast fr- and you don't clean up after yourself, you make your fucking roommate do it, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm just truly, saying. Truly. <laughs> you, you will not survive married life. Um... <laughs> Well, why does your does your wife get on top of you about this? Uh, I mean, initially, yeah, but now it's just pretty much, you know, just done. So there you go. No, what's I mean, honestly, this is the scene where if people try to describe like what's the appeal of this, and I'm like, well, it's this. It's because it's basically like a sitcom premise of like you never do the chores, but instead of like, oh, it's it's been a couple bad weeks. It's like you haven't done chores in 50 years. <laughs> Oh, that's why I like it so much. It's just the length of time is <laughs> so ridiculous. So also in the beginning, we learn that Deacon is 183 years old, which means as of 2014, so let's say 2013, because that's when they would have filmed the movie. Um, when would he, Deacon been born, Scott? Oh, I don't rec- I didn't do the math well in my head. <laughs> okay, so let's do 2013 minus... 183 means he would have been born in 1830. What was happening in 1830? Let's see. We're in the Civil War yet, right? No, Civil War is the 1600s. Okay, so 1830. Historical events. Boy, oh boy, people are going to get a history lesson on this uh, this podcast, aren't they? Because we're dealing with... uh, Oh, Oh God! I, I it's it's not good. Um, the only thing I found was Andrew Jackson being very bad to Native Americans. Oh, well. And then King George of England dying. So there you go. I do love the fact that they point out on Wikipedia the things that were happening at the time: archaeology, architecture, art, literature, music. But film is axed out because there was no film yet. There's no TV either. That's awesome. Yeah, countries that that did not exist in 1830. Bulgaria, Portugal, Spain, and Venezuela. Yeah. Spain didn't exist in 1830? Uh, no, it did. I say, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. Spain existed, it's just that maybe it's not where he was. Let's see. What was happening in 1830 that was in any interest whatsoever besides the one piece of trivia that you came up with? Oh, three glorious days of the July Revolution in France end with the establishment of provisional government in Paris. Ooh, that's... I don't care. Uh, <laughs> um, it's actually... The Bulgarian yeah, Revolution. Um, the independence of uh, Belgium. It's apparently uh, known as the revol. It's a, like the year of revolutions in in Europe because there's there's one in France, Belgium, Poland, Switzerland, and Italy. So oh, half is, the continent having revolutions. Nothing was really happening in 1830. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not too much domestic. You know, I mean, there are years we don't have a. You know, there are years we don't have a plague or a presidential thing. But yeah, Andrew Jackson was president of the United States at the time, so. I just like that Wikipedia, like, you can literally look up years. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and it, it, it's included that on May 15th, the Royal Swedish Yacht Club was founded. Right. So Deacon, by the way, is shown in a picture uh, when he's doing his oh, flashback sorry. with all the stuff perfect. behind him. What was that? I found something perfect. What? On March 26th, the Book of Mormon was published. Really? By Trey yeah. Parker or Matt Stone? I mean, I'm sorry, by, um, who was the guy who came up with Mormonism? Uh, Joseph Smith. Oh, boy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, Deacon is shown with, like, everything he owns on his back, and then uh, all these amazing classic art pictures of, like, depictions of vampires and stuff, and I have no idea who the artist is on most of these. However, there's one famous one of, I think, somebody, it looks like they're eating a child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Oh, it might be, I think I know what that one is. Oh, I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting what it's called. It's it's literally Cronus eating one of his children. Yes, that's it. And then, of course, also Deacon reveals that he is, of course, the sire, Peter. 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 There you go. Um... And uh, he seems very, jo- you know, seems very, like, calm, just nodding to uh, Deacon while he's in the chair uh, being interviewed, which is kind of funny, considering he's the most, uh, you know, vicious, probably, of all the vampires. Yeah. Vlad shows that he has uh, amazing archery ability, but not quite, because he uh, shoots the arrow right into Taika's leg. Yep, she's right into Tyka's leg. Uh, this is where we find out that he is uh, was known as the Poker. So this is <laughs> Vladimir the Poker, which is this is one of my favorite things. Which is 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 paid off later in one of the film's stupidest, silliest jokes. Uh, Vlad is eight hundred and sixty-two years old as of twenty thirteen, which means that he was born in what year? So 800, just 800 years? 862 or? years. So minus 2013. He was born in 1151. Holy cow. We weren't even a country anymore that by then. Oh, no, God, no. No, hundreds of years off of that. Not not too much happening. But so, but he's, he's known, it's a medieval area, medieval era, rather. So he's a uh, pretty brutal time. Yeah, uh, Bolton Abbey is founded in uh, Yorkshire, England. Um, There is nothing that comes up about the year 1151. Yeah, not too much. Not a (laughs) well-established... Not a well-documented year, apparently, in uh, the history of the planet. That's so funny. Well, it's also... It's it's not quite prehistory. It's not prehistory, but it's also less written... Like, printing press not being available is also a factor. Right. I do love the fact that he's got his own torture chamber behind down in the basement, and he shows the film crew, and she's like, would you like to see my torture chamber? I don't use it that often <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah. And we can also get more of the you know, weird old ancient pictures that are supposed to be of him. Yeah, they're they're all over the place. It's very... <laughs> Some of them are pretty standard, and other of them are just horrifying. Right. Um, there is, of course, the chore wheel, which is the funniest thing the vampires have. Um, Viago uh, points out that their chores, uh, the chore wheel, is not being uh, represented correctly. And then, of course, we get uh, Viago. Uh, you know when he was created. 
Yes, uh, the, he's described as a 18th century dandy <laughs> so, by Vlad. Um, and so, which is very funny because they're talking about like, hey, it's like before you drain somebody, put some towels down. I had an antique piece of furniture. And they're like, who put, what vampire puts towels down? He's like, some do. They're like, not good ones. Like, it's just <laughs> such a silly argument. They all seem to have their uh, distinct vampire era personalities. You know, one seems to be very like the uh, vampires in uh, Interview with the Vampire. Obviously, Vlad's more like the Dracula, and one's kind of like the bad boy. And they, they, the fact that they were just able to immediately fly them up in the air um, towards the end of these five minutes so easily just shows like the amazing wire work used in this movie. There, it's uh, it's from the chair right to the air immediately. So the wire and the wires are never seen whatsoever. I think it's one of the most impressive parts of the uh, uh, special effects of the film. And I wanted to look up who there. Do we have a wire guy in the IMDb credits? We'll take a look in the casting credits here. I'm sure. It's... Okay, so special effects makeup, I think, needs to be pointed out. Um, um, Dan Brooker, Michael Krell, Renee McCarthy, Amy McLennan, Roger Murray, Michelle Perry, Maine Rector, and Daniel Satherly all worked on the hair and makeup, which we've already seen in uh, great ways, obviously, for Peter. And all of the characters have very distinguished hairstyles and the vampire fangs that they're using. Um, so I'm going to start looking up their IMDb, but uh, while you continue to look for, uh, you know, wire people. If they yeah, not seeing any, any wire people. We have stunts, we have stunt performers, and, uh, you know, visual effects people. Um, but that much, that much, I'm not, I'm not seeing any, anybody in particular. Um, we've got a special effects technician. I don't know if they're any different than anything else. But yeah, I, yeah, I will say the thing that they do so well is that they are clearly paying homage to old, like to old vampire in in look and you know look and name and everything like that so but they clearly invoke something different for each one so that's what's so that's what's so cool about it so you can look at vlad for instance and be like oh this looks a lot like uh, gary oldman in francis ford coppola's dracula and it makes a lot of sense of course these people worked on stuff that was filmed over there because uh one of the first one of the first uh, makeup people don brooker worked on uh, Wellington Paranormal and Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Wellington Paranormal is a spiritual sequel to uh, what we do in the shadows. Yeah, yeah. It's a New Zealand-based TV series where it's basically a police force that has to deal with, uh, you know, a, a different paranormal issue every day, every time. So it's like, okay, so instead of just vampires, they got to, okay, we got to deal with vampires. It's werewolves this week. Oh, we got a demon. Like it's And, and according so, to my roommate, it's set in the same universe. Yes, like characters is. have right. shown up from what we do in the shadows, the movie into Wellington Paranormal. Not necessarily yeah. the TV series. The TV series is filmed here. Yeah, the yeah the TV yeah the yeah the well, yeah Wellington Paranormal actually it's also it's also executive produced by Jermaine, so it's all uh, right. So but and just became available on HBO Max uh, here. But uh, so Don worked on uh, uh, ten episodes of Ash vs Evil Dead. Um, and that's good to know because I, I unfortunately just canceled my HBO Max, so I, I need to uh, look back into getting it. But I know the first or second season is still on uh, basic cable. Uh, Michael Krell, another one of the special effects makeup people, worked on uh, The Meg Chronicles of Riggett, Ghost in the Shell, The Matrix Reloaded. And a lot. Of, both of these people, by the way, uh, worked on Ash vs. the Evil Dead, as I mentioned, and are working on Avatar 2 and 3. Which is the uh, you know upcoming you know long-awaited sequel to Avatar by James Cameron. Um, then we have Renee, and she worked on Mortal Engines, Unbroken, and uh, the, uh, there's a couple of things I'm not too familiar with. Uh, Amy McLennan worked on King Kong and The Hobbit. 
Um, and that is it. Her career pretty much kind of ends there. Um, yeah. Roger Murray. I just want to go through these real quick because there's so sure. many people on them and then, and then throw in your two cents. Uh, Roger worked on the Evil Dead movie, which again makes sense because, you know, Sam Raimi's filmed a ton of stuff out there in New Zealand. Obviously, you know, Xena being the biggest one. Uh, Fantasy Island, that terrible movie that came out last year. And Guns of Akibo, which I've never seen, but everyone tells me is fantastic. Guns of Akimbo is awesome. Okay. And he, he's currently working on Cowboy Bebop for Netflix, uh, which the Ooh. photos have just surfaced from that TV series. And that looks good. John Cho looks dope. Yes. Michelle Perry worked on Mortal Engines again. Uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, 10,000 BC, and Mulan, and Wellington Paranormal. Of course, makes a lot of sense. Uh, main re, re, main reactor. I just oh, okay. Is that the name of the company? Because I can't believe that's I have no idea. Name. Okay, we're skipping over that one. Uh, Daniel Slatherly worked on uh, Jojo Rabbit, of course. I am Mother and Dirty Laundry. Hillary, the making of the Mob, and Johnny Bra. Yeah, we we should actually stop for a moment and and reveal the fa- well if, for those of you who don't know uh that taika watiti uh, is an oscar winner for a film in which he played hitler <laughs> he wait won he an won, oscar he won an oscar that. for playing hitler he he won an oscar for for the screenplay for the adapted screenplay oh, for jojo rabbit okay yeah yeah okay i was gonna say he didn't win an oscar but for playing hitler. it's a movie where he literally wrote himself in as an absurd comic version of hitler <laughs> yes that movie is fantastic it's very good it's so good it's got a lot of heart to it too yeah, um, very much so. Yeah, um, takes a. I mean, it, it's dark where it needs to be too. Yes, no, I completely agree. Um, you know, like towards the end of the movie, what happens to a couple of the char- You know, a couple of our main big Hollywood characters. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Well, the thing I thought was interesting is I actually, I actually genuinely wanted to hear his perspective. Is like Taika is. Yeah, Tech is a collection of like different minority groups because he is he is of Maori descent. Uh, so is Jemaine Clement. I did not know that until just now. Um, but uh, so so Tech is of Maori descent. Uh, so that's something that's addressed in a number of his films. But he's also uh, he's also Russian Jewish as well. Yeah, he has so, a really weird mix. You know, very very interesting mix um, yeah, of, of people. So, but yeah, and so one of the pe- one of the people I would say, like, if you're trying to satirize stuff, especially you know doing Hitler, I think the the comparison would be Mel Brooks, because um, he's all- Mel Brooks is also very not standoffish, but doesn't necessarily like trying to find humor in doesn't necessarily like trying to find humor in the Holocaust, if that makes if, if that's the best way I can put right. it. But he he found Jojo Rabbit amazing, so yes. I thought it was. That's a great seal of approval to get. And they touched upon the Holocaust in a way that was, I think, respectful enough. Because nobody I know would complain about that movie. Nobody I'm aware of. And I didn't, yeah. look, I didn't look for complaints either. I don't go hunting for negative comments. I don't, I don't give a shit about that or whatever. But everyone I know yeah. who saw that movie agreed that was brilliant. Yeah, I think, it, I think the, the point of that movie is to just make Nazis look like clowns, but dangerous clowns. And then tell the human story of how you condition someone to hate other people and then how you can potentially uncondition them to do so so right and um, then the um the end of the five minutes uh deacon is forced to finally wash his dirty nasty dishes and we begin the theme song uh while the uh the vampires are cleaning house uh, again vlad is you know using his uh tele tell uh, uh not tele- teleport uh he can lift himself up or whatever fly to clean up stuff with the vacuum cleaner and Viago cleans uh, Pieta's teeth. Uh, 
disgusting. Uh, and we got our, our main theme song playing through the uh, the entire opening cleaning sequence, which is fantastic. And our pretty much five minutes ends with uh, yeah. and a and the five minutes ends exactly at and the New Zealand documentary board. There you go. Yeah, it's uh one thing. One thing I think is 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 great. Even and we're, we've talked about how this is. There's just references upon references. Is that even the spelling? Like obviously Pieter is supposed to be a Nosferatu type, but the spelling is akin to the another early German vampire movie called Vampire, which is spelled the same way with the 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 e being or e or i being spelled it's vampire is spelled v-a-m-p-y-r hence why peter's name is spelled p-e-t-y-r uh absolutely good five minutes every five minutes of this movie is fantastic i was uh, actually on a date um a few weeks ago and uh she told me she had never seen this movie and we watched it and we drank an entire bottle of wine and started watching the tv series <laughs> I mean, it's it's that good. It's great, and but especially what I love about the TV series is that they're like, yeah, we're gonna be even more ridiculous because we can. <laughs> oh my god, the TV series is so great. Oh, I, I just wish mm-hmm. it got a proper DVD Blu-ray release, but physical media is so niche, becoming such a niche thing these days. You know what I mean? I know, and yet it's the only way to really guarantee ownership of anything. So that's why you should do it, folks. Yeah, totally. Did you hear? Um, speaking of vampires, what Screen Factory just announced today? I did not. And what uh, uh, famous Jewish comedian did you just mention? Mel Brooks. Okay. What famous vampire movie did he do with Leslie Nielsen? Oh, Dead and Dracula, Dead and Loving It. Yes, the Dracula, Dead and Loving It is getting a Scream Factory Blu-ray Collector's Edition release. Oh my goodness, that's fantastic. Yes, um, Steve Haberman, who has been on my Hammer Horror podcast uh, to talk about his time working for Mel Brooks um, and uh, is the commentator for that movie. He actually wrote that film, so he's very excited that Scream Factory is giving it a proper Blu-ray Collector's Edition release. Oh, fantastic. I think that movie is highly underrated. Uh, I think people went into that movie expecting one thing and they got something else, so that's why it has, has always had like a bad reputation. But I think that movie is absolutely hilarious, especially if you compare it to both Bela Lugosi and Francis Ford Coppola's films. Yeah, well, I think I think that movie in particular, I think it's interesting because you have two very similar comedic sensibilities. Because Leslie Nielsen was known for like the like the Zucker Brothers movies, basically, right, like right. Air, like Airplane and Naked Gun and stuff like that. And then Mel Brooks. So they're they're both kind of just joke a minute, joke a second type things but they're slightly different styles and so it cla- so i think for a lot of people those do those two images clash in their head so definitely definitely well we will be back in a couple weeks with another exciting episode of the vampire movie minute podcast here on the radio horror network and our coverage of Vam- what we do in the shadows continues for several months into halloween through the season of uh, the third season of the tv series you can find me at Chris DSAV. Sure, and I'm Scott C. Danielson. And uh, where can they find us on Twitter? We are The Vampire Minute. And on Facebook as well, which I sometimes do update. And you can send us an email, thatradiofar at gmail.com. And we're in, the, we're in the Movie Minute Podcast Network as well as in the group on Facebook. If you are a podcaster yourself, or if you're somebody from this movie and you'd like to come on the show, please contact us. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back in a couple weeks with another exciting five minutes from What We Do in the Shadows.